welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hello. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. So this is out of our normal schedule. This is an emergency podcast. I think the last time we did this was right after Sashi Brown got fired. And now we're... Uh... Reaping, reaping the benefits. The, reaping the benefits of everything that Sashi uh, died for. <clears throat> R.I.P. Sashi. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. So if you are living in a hole, um, then you don't know that Jarvis Landry um, is now a Cleveland Brown. He got traded for a fourth-round pick in 2018 and a 2019 seventh-rounder. Um, to be clear, that fourth-rounder this year is the one that we got from the Panthers in the Andy Lee trade. A couple years ago. So Which, we traded. I, we I traded. remember that trade, and the pick was traded like three years uh, at, like yeah. into the future. Yeah. And now we're reaping the benefits. So basically we traded the number one ride receiver, as far as receptions go, for a punter and a seventh-round pick next year. So basically just a punter. Who Andy Lee's not even – is he even on the Panthers anymore? No, he's no. a Cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he lasted one season. That's I'm pretty hilarious. sure they cut him too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like oh. they moved him along and got – Compensation in return. Yep. That's hilarious. Well, Sashi, we love you. We respect you. We thank you for our new wide receiver. And then after the Jarvis Landry trade, the next piece of information that came out was Tyrod Taylor is now coming to Cleveland in exchange for a third-round pick, the number 65 overall. Um, so that's our first third-rounder. Um, it's the only third-rounder. It's rounder the only third-rounder. Third yeah, the first pick of the third round, the only third-rounder. Um, so, Michael. Talk to me about that one. You have said on the podcast before that you really want Tyrod Taylor to be a Cleveland Brown. Tell me why you think that. Well, it, I kind of felt good with seeing the yeah. Tyrod come to the Browns after <laughs> I've been on the record formally stating that I wanted to see that happen and that it seemed like a good fit. I mean, because obviously the Bills have you know been disenchanted with Tyrod Taylor uh, for the past season plus. And so just knowing it was an option, he is... Him a safe quarterback he is not like the guy that's gonna come in and like lead your team to the super bowl but he is not gonna mess up and he's not gonna turn the ball over and he is quite accurate actually when he chooses to throw the ball and so plus he can get outside the pocket like he brings a lot to the table has experience as a starter has a winning record as a starter uh, on pretty crappy teams like mark we were talking about the receivers that the Bills had yeah, to, yeah, well, to like throw to this season, and I asked you who the receivers were, and you couldn't name one. I literally, like, which I realized that Kelvin Benjamin came there middle of the season, but Sammy Watkins was there last year, got hurt, but they've had nothing. Yeah, and so Jordan Matthews was hurt all season. Yeah, so he really has not had a whole lot to work with, and he's kind of made a lot out of the situation and bad coaching. Like people that know football. Are, have always been appalled at how the Bills have used or really not utilized Tyrod Taylor to his fullest extent. So I'm really interested to see how this comes to fruition now with an uh, actual quarterback in place and some more weapons at our disposal for the Browns do offense. We, do we have the best receiving core in the AFC North? No, the Steelers, no, still, the Steelers do. still do for sure. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor's he's the anti Deshaun Kaiser, right? Like the the knock on him is that he doesn't take chances and holds on like protects the ball. Yep. <clears throat> Which is so we're not gonna have the same red zone turnover issues that we did this last season. Um also I've seen people talk about 
why did we give up a third round pick when we could have just gone out in the free agent market and signed a quarterback? Who could we have gotten who would be better than Tyrod Taylor? Maybe Sam Bradford? Yeah, I don't think you like get at anybody. His best? I don't think you get anybody much better than Tyrod Taylor. And the biggest is thing, Kirk Cousins much better than Tyrod Taylor? Not drastically. Not like very I would say he's a notch above, but it's a small notch. Yeah. Like for the value you get but not for Tyrod a twenty Taylor, million dollar notch. Not, like not the amount of committed dollars you would need to put for Kirk Cousins it makes okay. it like no way would you ever go to Kirk Cousins if you could get Tyrod Taylor at his cap number for next year. Okay, which so here, I think is about $16 million for it's the record. It's $16 million straight up. Yeah, is what the Browns owe Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor. And it's just for 2018. He is not under – there's no sort of option beyond that. It is – he's done after this one okay. year with the Browns. So here's, here's my question. That's $16 million is not a ton of money for a quarterback that is going to be starting a lot of games for us. You not would, at all. You would pay A.J. McCarron that. Yeah, for sure. But here's my question. A third-round pick, first pick in the third round, just yep. about basically a second-round pick if you can th- think about it that way, for a quarterback who's going to play a ton, of, a ton of games for us this year but just have him for one year. We're only going to have him for one year, and he's going to be a bunch of people have been calling him a bridge quarterback for our rookie that we bring in. Is that worth a third-round pick for just this one year? That's like short-term thinking when – like maybe you bring in your rookie and he gets more experience. He gets more like, it's just, you're just thinking about this year only, but it's is that not, really worth it. It's not just one year for a number of reasons, because you also can sign him to a long-term, a longer term deal. And there's been talks that we may extend him. So, I mean, if you, you think it, that we're going to extend him before the season even starts, maybe you could. Um, but if he leaves, if that. he leaves at the end of his deal and signs a, signs a deal, you get a compensation pick um, coming back the other way. And so I don't think it'll be a third rounder because of where he's at. But, um, I mean, if you got a fifth round compensation pick out of it and you got Tyrod Taylor for for a year for basically swapping a third for a fifth while you kind of took some pressure off your rookie, I, I think it makes sense. And also, if we went out in the free agent market, we would be committing cap dollars long term to somebody at least two seasons. There's not a Mike Glennon out there where you can get kind of like a one-year deal like the Bears did last year. Yeah, I was hoping so for Mike Glennon. It would be the second tier of quarterbacks <laughs> that you would be able to get that from. It right. wouldn't be any of the top few guys, probably even beyond A.J. McCarron. You'd have to go dip lower yeah. than that to get that type of a deal, I would imagine. So this is saving us long-term as far as looking forward to the future when we may have to re-sign some of our own guys, but also – when we may be in a better position to actually like make the Super Bowl, and so you might want to go out and spend some free agent money on a short-term answer. So I like – it's a good question. I completely understand yep. where you're coming from. A third-round pick for a one-year quarterback, does that actually make sense? If it makes sense at any position on the surface, it makes sense at quarterback. For sure. Because there's no other position that affects like your win-loss record and what is going to happen and brings the team up to another level like quarterback's going to. Plus – if we are going to draft a guy at the top, which I think we all agree, one or yep. four, it probably gives us a little more flexibility to try to take one at four versus one now if you wanted to make that argument. But the Browns have the flexibility now. If they love Tyrod Taylor and he absolutely crushes it, he's in mm-hmm. a better offensive system, has more weapons, proves that he's a top 10 NFL quarterback, all right, let's sign him to like a longer-term deal, and we've got a guy. But if not, we've got a first-round top talent quarterback 
that's been able to sit back and get acclimated to the NFL game. And relax. And then we can just roll with him next year. Like, it's where the Chiefs are right now. Tyrod's only, Ty only 28 years old. Right. And it's where the it's it's where the Chiefs are right now with Patrick Mahomes. He got a year to sit behind Alex Smith, and now they're going with him. Like it gives us the flexibility that we need, and that's why I think it's worth the third round pick. If we didn't if we didn't have the wealth of draft picks and we didn't have four other picks in front of that sixty five, it would hurt we have a lot. Five more. picks in front of that. 65. You're right. Five in front of that sixty five. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's insane. And here's here's the thing. At the end of the day, you can't bring in twelve rookies onto this roster that's already super young. Like you're going if you do that, you're going to have to walk away from some young, promising players that you like. Mm-hmm. And so you're better off spending those draft picks, at least in the mid rounds, to acquire talent that improves your roster um, in the short term and long term. Yeah. Then kind of take another roll of the dice in those middle rounds where it really is a lottery pick. Yeah. So so so, so you were saying that you love um, Tyrod Taylor, Michael, because you think oh, yeah. he's accurate. You think that he doesn't throw interceptions, which is obviously the anti-Deshaun Kaiser. Um, how, does, how does Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry fit together? Oh, quite well. Yeah. I mean, Jarvis Landry is a slot receiver that runs incredibly good routes and catches everything that comes his way. Literally catches everything. His not his fast. hands his hands are the size of Josh Allen's. I yeah. looked today. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he's Jarvis Landry's just like 5'10", but he's, he's got those massive hands. He's got incredible hands. He's a less ath- like he was in the same class as Odell Beckham. He's just a less athletic, less quick and fast Odell Beckham in a lot of ways. Like and he catches a lot of passes. He's been up there in the top 3 in the last year, which really doesn't tell you that much about a receiver other than he doesn't drop the ball and he knows how to run routes to get open. People knock him on his yards per completion, but guess what? Those are the routes that he's being asked to run. So how do you yeah. fault a guy for having like very few yards per completion? It's like the, it's just kind of what what he is and what he how he is best utilized. It's also the perfect complement to um, who we the, got. the receivers that we already have. Yep. It's and his yards per catch, I mean, it's a product of who he is, but it's also a product of the offense that he's in and what he's being asked to do. Like, he was catching a lot of passes right off the line of scrimmage that are, like... Oh, yeah. Just, like screen they're, passes. They're essentially run plays. Like, yep. And if you get Eight five yards, yards off of play. it, you're feeling pretty good. Where, like, if Josh Gordon's averaging five yards per catch, you're kind of questioning what's going on. Yep. Um, so... What I like here, can I interject yeah. here? Yeah. Because you ask how th- he fits together with Tyrod Taylor. What I actually think he's m- most helpful in is helping a young rookie quarterback. Because you want a young rookie quarterback to have the underneath options mm-hmm. that are going to be easy, quick throws. That and he's have be able sure to fire hands that they're going to catch it and be able to yes. gain some yards so and now, gain some confidence. So now not only can you put in David Njoku in the slot, you can also put Jarvis Landry in the slot and move all kinds of guys around. Not to mention motioning Duke Johnson out. There's going to be yes. lots and lots and lots yes. of options. For a young quarterback, as we're like threatening the field down deep with Josh Gordon and Duke Johnson over the middle, to have a like, check-down option and Jarvis Landry across the middle and Duke Johnson late, like that is really <laughs> something that a young quarterback is going to be able to do if they can read the field and wait and be able to 
um, wait to check it down. Like they're gonna get some major yardage out of those two guys. Here's my only concern: <laughs> is... Hey, Matthew, clear your throat. You got like a, <laughs> it's like eh. <clears throat> it's like a eh. <laughs> Here's my only concern with Jarvis Landry. What is I'm it? laughing because I was literally going to say the same thing as Mark before he got it out of his mouth. Gotcha. What is your concern? Uh, the money? Yeah. I mean, he's he's on the franchise tag right now, which is about $16, 16 million. million. So it's about the same as Tyrod. Um, that's probably overpaying for one year for what Jarvis Landry is. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. There's no doubt. What are we going to sign him long term? And what does that contract look like? What is a good value for Jarvis Landry? Yeah, this is a weird this is a weird situation because I don't think the Browns make this trade if they don't feel good about being able to sign Jarvis Landry long term. And all the reports that have come out from reputable sources mm-hmm. today indicate that the Browns feel good about signing him long term. But I don't know what that looks like from a terms perspective. Because to me, it's got to be closer to $10 million per year Yeah, like to make Jarvis Landry make sense. Like five for 50 or something? Yeah. And to me, this deal is only good if we get a palatable long-term deal for Jarvis Landry. If it's an average of near $14 million, like I don't really like this deal very much. Well, the, the other option is that he stays here for a year and leaves in free agency and we get a compensation pick. Which, Which is, could be a fourth rounder that like we just traded away and then we, we got him for a year for basically for, for a seventy round pick. Dollars. Like I, I don't with the cap space we have in that it doesn't like hurt our ability to make moves in the short term. I, I don't know that there's a downside other than overpaying Jarvis Landry and getting you, stuck into a long term contract. That, you're saying that we would get compensation only um, if we don't sign free agents like it's that's offset. not gonna happen it's gonna offset because we're definitely gonna sign free agents next year i don't think there's any situation where we kind of just sit back and let free agency pass without signing a marquee free agent that would offset jarvis landry what's interesting to me is that the dolphins made the play that they did in this situation if so they, they just let him walk they would have gotten a third round compensation yeah in a in two years i mean there's not there's years, the lag season yeah, next year. Well, yeah, yeah not like not this, this year. year next year. Oh, right, right, because they would they would keep him for this year, and then. Well, even if they just let him go, like, like they don't they don't get the immediate pick. You have to wait a season. But, but even for them, it's true that they would have to. That they would have to, um, not sign free agents. Right, right. So, the one deal we have not talked about is the yep. final deal of the day. Yeah, we, we, so well, the thing about that is you said Tyrod Taylor is the opposite of Deshaun Kaiser. Well, we don't have a Deshaun Kaiser anymore because John Dorsey likes consistency. <laughs> John Dorsey likes someone who doesn't throw interceptions. You said earlier, Matthew, that Tyrod Taylor is what? Safe. He's safe. Yes, he is. The black, a, black younger I, black Alex Smith? That's exactly what I was looking for. Um He's the younger black Alex Smith, and he's quick, and he's fast, and he's accurate. Um, and we got rid of Deshaun Kaiser, and we got Demarius Randall. Um, Michael, you said that you didn't like that trade. Why? Well, the detail you're leaving out, too, is that the Browns and the Packers swapped fourth and fifth round picks in this deal, too. So mm-hmm. the Browns moved down to the Packers' spots in both the fourth and fifth rounds, and the Packers mm-hmm. get to move up to the top picks in both the fourth and fifth rounds. That's probably the biggest reason I don't like it. But Deshaun Kaiser, to me, 
I think we've all stated this. Everyone sees that there is talent there and potential for Deshaun Kaiser to be a contributing player in the NFL. I don't think anyone would assume that he's going to be an NFL starter someday, but I think anyone that watches football could see that happening at some point, potentially. So when you have a guy that's come off his rookie year and we still have him under contract for four, for three more seasons, and four if we, not four if we won it because he was a second round pick, but it's cheap. It doesn't cost you anything to keep him and to sit back. I just don't know. I guess you're risking like court drama in the quarterback room. Like if you keep him, have a Tyrod Taylor and a rookie quarterback, like it's hard to feed all those mouths. And I get that argument. But to me, like, I don't know why you would just get rid of him. And we're getting Demarius Randall, which I think is a serviceable starting caliber corner. I looked it up on PFF. He was kind of like graded as an average corner. He's not rated but well, but he's he's graded like around the same level as Jamar Taylor. Honestly, a level like slightly below what Jamar Taylor was this last year. So, are we really getting anyone that great? Probably not. And he's only on one more year of his deal, unless we want to pick up his option, which we have to make a decision on Demarius Randall in May. And it would be like eight or nine million dollars to keep him next year. Yeah, so it's eight million dollars is this fifth year option so to me like we're getting we're giving up Deshaun Kaiser who has a good bit of potential in my opinion for one year of a young corner yes he's young yes he could have a killer year and we could benefit from it but I just don't so, so I don't think the value is there so it, so it doesn't make sense thing. to me here's my thing is we need help in the cornerback space now with and I'm positive that John Dorsey was pairing these things together. We have Tyrod Taylor coming in. I'm assuming, like you said earlier on, we're going to pick a quarterback number one overall. That pushes Deshaun Kaiser to QB number three in yep. our depth chart, and yep. he's just sitting there. Like, play that out. We need help in our secondary. Play that out to what does Deshaun Kaiser do? How do we end Deshaun Kaiser's reign here in Cleveland? Like, is he, are we going to trade him away? Like, he's not going to see the field again. And his trade value is not going to go up because he's not going to play. And all you're going to have on tape of him is all of the trash that he threw out this year. So, like, maybe he does get way, way, way better, but we're not going to, he's not going to be marketable. But here's we're not going to be able to get anything for him. But we do need secondary help right now. Deshaun Kaiser is so much more valuable as Demarius Randall than he <laughs> is actually as the third string quarterback. Here's the thing you just made a statement that you wouldn't be able to get anything for him. The Browns haven't been able to do that in the past, but every other team that has like a good solid starter that has somebody else that's showing stuff when they play in the preseason and is like is able to get something. So like I I don't think you can just easily dismiss that and say that you wouldn't be able to get anything. So I I don't know. I just think you can't make that assumption. But he's going to be the third string quarterback. He he was a second round pick, so he only signed a 3-year deal. Right? But it's 1 so year he's, of a he's quarter. Got, he's got 2 more years. But but it's two controllable years plus whatever. Like Demarius Randall has got to make the call right now before he even steps on the field as a Cleveland Brown. Whether you want to control him next year. But here, I don't. Like, how do you do that? You you either don't pick up his fifth year option, which is fine, and then if he plays out of his mind, you franchise him. I mean, like the Rams did with Tremaine Johnson. Yeah. Or, or you let him walk and you say. Who cares? We didn't need that third shot quarterback. We can literally take anybody off the street. Take somebody in the sixth round who will be in a similar spot as far as like, oh, he's just kind of a a, a flyer. 
I, I don't I don't think Deshaun Kaiser is ever going to have trade value unless he sees significant time on the field and shows that he's improved, and that's just not going to happen here with the situation that we have. Yeah, because Tyrod Taylor's going to play, and then the the rookie's going to play. And then if both of those things go horribly, then I guess Deshaun Kaiser would go back in. But I'm not even going to give that mental space. Because so it's cornerback depth is basically what we're getting for this season. He could be a, he could be a starter, probably third corner. We'll see how things play out. Yeah, and I guess if you draft a corner, corner is a pretty tough position to play as a rookie, right? Regardless yep. of which guy we're taking. Maybe Minka Fitzpatrick is or Denzel Ward are the only guys you would feel pretty good about giving significant playing time in year one. Right. Um, and in theory, you have Demarius Randall keeping a seat warm for a rookie to step into a more prominent role in 2019. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. My issue is, is that that whole cornerback group is aging. And as I look at these three moves together, they're all basically for 2018. Which right is now. which is why I like them, and here's the thing: we're gonna pick up. I would assume we're gonna pick up Darius Randall's fifth year option because it's only eight million dollars, which is below market value for a corner for a cornerback that's starting quality. And I don't know. It I doesn't. We have so up. much cap space, and it doesn't tie us into a long term situation. This is why I think this use of the Browns' assets is the best for the Browns. If you go out in free agency, you have to overpay for people and you have to commit so much money in the short term and the long term to these people that you end up harming yourself in the future. So to get better now, you have to kind of sacrifice your future. We had so many assets as far as draft capital that now we're able to go out and get better now while still leaving the future open. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't entirely disagree with that. Um... I just am not seeing that we like won this trade in any way or that like it makes us like that much better of a team necessarily. Whatever this I makes like us a much better team this year. We have someone that's going to play, Demarius Randall. Deshaun Kaiser was not going to play. True. Like True. so so that's why I was making the argument about like what can we get for Deshaun Kaiser in the future because he's nothing to us right now. Demarius Randall's something to us right now. Unfortunately, we swap those fourth and fifth round picks. Fourth and fifth round picks don't normally pan out. In general, so and like teams teams make moves with fourth and fifth round picks all the time, like, like during candy. the draft, like it's like, candy. Like they, when you get to that part of the draft, they start throwing them around, like it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't bother me. And the draft boards vary so much by the time you get to that portion of the draft. We have a big gap. I'm just thinking about this now. We have a big gap to the end picks. of the second yep. to they the middle of the fourth. Bigger. It's yeah. from like pick 64 all the way to that Packers pick in the middle of the fourth. Yeah. But we'll have made five picks before that gap. <laughs> we were about to, we would have had two picks right back to back at 65 and 64. Right. Yeah. Don't anymore. Um, which pick was, or which trade today was your favorite trade today? Tyrod Taylor. Absolutely. No doubt about it. The value that you're getting for a starting caliber, middle of the road with upside quarterback in the NFL is phenomenal for me at that spot. Okay. Like, there's no way. And I put this out on our Twitter account. The thing I love about these deals, honestly, together is the message that it sends to free agents. And like, if there is one or two guys that we really do want to target, I don't know who those are now. Um, 
says, hey, that, we're serious it's about a, winning. It's a lot more palatable to come to the Cleveland Browns when there's a quarterback and some more skill position players yeah. and some guys, and you see the front office making moves. Like, So to be able to make these trades and have them be public in advance of free agency opening is really significant, in my opinion. I want to know what other trades he was working on and sitting on because these were all announced like back to back to back. That's not an accident. No. Like, like he decided these had been on the table at some point and he decided to pull the trigger on all of them. It's a PR move. So I want to at know, I want to know what, what was he waiting on that may have worked out or what like bit of information like triggered this to happen now where they heard from an agent of the free agent quarterbacks, which isn't supposed to happen yet, but it's certainly happening. Um, I bet or you was, I wouldn't be surprised if it's as simple as they were having conversations with Jarvis, Jarvis Landry's team about like what the future contract would look like, and they finally got to a place where they were comfortable. And I, it was very clear that Jarvis Landry was clued in on what yeah. was about to happen yeah. based on his Twitter response. What do you say, like, on my mama or something like that? Yeah, he was like, big things are about to happen. And I swear like, to you, on, on his, my mama. On his mama. And it was before the Tyrod Taylor news was public. So it was clear that something significant was about to happen. So you could tell that these things were all woven together yeah, and had totally. been orchestrated. Yeah. I um, love that. I love that forethought. That strategy by John Dorsey. Matthew, which one's your favorite? It's not the Demarius Randall trade. Well, I don't mind the Demarius Randall trade. It's got to yeah, be. Not, the, the Tyrod Taylor trade makes us so much better. It's, like, not your, it's not your favorite trade. The Tyrod Taylor trade makes yeah. me better. The Jarvis Landry trade. We got great value. I just don't know if it's going to be long-term okay, um, or not. So my thing is, my favorite trade is, well, I so I'd love the Tyrod Taylor trade because it's going to be great. It's going to be great to have a quarterback next year. We haven't had a quarterback like that since Derek Anderson, I suppose. Um, but the, the Jarvis Landry trade is going to give our wide receiver core it's going to make our wide receiving core amazing and something that any quarterback can come in here and be successful. So for our new rookie that's going to come in here, they're going to have weapons to be able to gain confidence, to be able to not be destroyed by Hugh Jackson and be able to be successful moving forward in the future. And that is going to be huge. So I love the Jarvis Landry trade so much. Um, and I'm super excited about that and the potential. That is assuming that we can get the contract structured in a way that's going to be beneficial for us to be so my, successful long term. My one bit of caution on the Jarvis Landry side of things is he's not exactly known as the locker room guy, and we don't exactly have a single wide receiver that has like an upstanding, like really solid locker room guy. All right, since when are the so, wide so, 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 room guys? Listen, listen I think Ricardo Lewis is a pretty nice dude. <laughs> and Ricardo Lewis might not be on our team much longer. Who knows? But here's my thing. Is I the one thing that makes me feel better on that front? When I initially saw this, I was thinking, "Uh oh, Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman." Like, this sounds like a party, and not like we're picking up our lunch pail and we're getting to work. Like, I just don't see that happening. The thing that makes me feel a lot better about this is that our wide receivers coach was Jarvis Landry's wide receivers coach at LSU, and there's an established relationship there. And you would hope that there's trust and, like, he's going to work his tail yeah. off. And Todd Haley didn't seem to have too much of a problem with Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, and whoever else the Steelers had. That's that's not exactly a, yeah. cool. a group of choir boys either. Well, Antonio Brown's, like, 
ridiculous hard worker. That's all he does. Well, yeah, he but, but he, he's also kind of a pain in the ass. So well, he's my, a wide receiver. So I have to mention this. I was talking to Mark about this as I'm like reading all the write-ups and what people are saying about the trades as they're coming out. And I'm reading Mary Kay's write-up. <laughs> this, this is, is so ridiculous. funny to me. So she has a paragraph in her write-up about the Jarvis Landry trade saying this might spell the end of Corey Coleman's tenure with the Cleveland She's Browns. She's obsessed with that. You know, so this is what she said. It doesn't make any sense. This is sense. what she said. She said with Josh Gordon coming back and under contract for next year and Jarvis Landry coming in, and the Browns potentially signing Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman might be out. Like, she's talking about the Browns signing Terrell Pryor like it's almost a sure thing. Like, why (laughs) would you even consider that as, like, a strong possibility? Also, why why would one precipitate the other? Like, Corey Coleman's on a rookie deal. He's not expensive. He makes, like, $1.5 million or something. He's not causing any problems. He, like, he got hurt two seasons in a row. That kind of sucks, but like... Son, if we have Corey Coleman or Terrell Pryor as our third and fourth receivers... <coughs> like, yeah, it's a nice problem for, to have. For cheap? I mean, you're not going to overpay Terrell Pryor either. No. Like, so anyways, he's that, not just cracked, money. that whole thing just cracked me up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I saw well, Pat McManaman so, was just tweeting about the $16 million that Tyrod's going to make and like... Making some like just pointing out that the sixteen million dollars is the same amount of money that Brock Osweiler like we paid him last year. Who cares? I don't. I don't know. Why is this relevant? It doesn't make any sense. Like it's so stupid. It's like but this is yes, a- you you batched numbers. Good, good job. Yeah, yeah those are the same <laughs> figures. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, sixteen good. equals sixteen. <laughs> so here, what I want to talk about is. How do we think this impacts the draft? Because we still have those top those five picks in the first two rounds, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need a wide receiver. I, I do wide think wide receivers out. Wide receiver might not be out if the right value is there, maybe in some of those second round picks. But obviously, we never even considered it as a first round option, anyways. So one and four, I mentioned it briefly earlier. I do think if there's a player outside a quarterback that they really like, and it might be Saquon Barkley, it might be Bradley Chubb. Chubb. I think those are probably the only two that would be under consideration at number one. They could do that and go with a quarterback at four. Because then you do that and you get one of the the top three guaranteed, right? So you're going to get either Darnold or Mayfield or Rosen. Like One of those three is going to be there. Not that you're, like, counting on that, but if you like Baker the best and you're quite certain what the other two teams are going to do, like, maybe you take you roll the dice and you and you go that route. Yeah. I, I don't think it's – I don't. we're not going to take Saquon at one. Like, nothing so in John Dorsey or any of our front office people's, like, past makes me think that they value the running back position in that, in that way. Um, and there's certain people on Twitter that are going to – Oh yeah, blow their It's gonna out. be incredible. It's gonna be yeah. Uh, watch, watch, watch him still be available at four too. Watch us like not oh, and we're gonna pass him twice, and, and it's he's gonna be still incredible. available at four. And we still don't take him after all of this. Mind's that's like blown. The number one thing yeah. that I've seen is like, oh well, this is solidifying Saquon Barkley at number one. 
oh, we got a quarterback, we got a wide receiver, like we're gonna go with the running back. Like, no, it doesn't yeah. mean that at all. Also, it means also like we got how, one year on Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, how short sighted do you like, have to be? Like, like, just think a little bit. Two years into the future, that's not long. <laughs> two years into the future, <laughs> like even six months. Come on. Like, um, I, I think it takes wide receiver out of the equation. At one and four, I think you still go quarterback. Um, and I mean, it honestly doesn't change the one and four situation that much. I don't, I don't think, think it does. I think I can I can forgive them a little bit more if they choose to forego quarterback at number one. Uh, if they least. choose, if they pick Bradley That's Chubb. That's the only thing. If but, they pick Bradley Chubb because they think Indy is going to pick Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and I think that if they like are sold on a guy that they are quite certain the other teams are not jumping up for, that their intel is that good and they feel that good about it, I think it's still a huge risk, and the best thing to do is still to take quarterback at number one. To be clear, like quarterback at number one is absolutely the way that I would go. Um, but I think it gives them a little bit more flexibility, potentially. Um, then we're looking beyond into the second round. And what's interesting to me is the wide receiver need is not nearly as significant. If we sign Landry to a longer-term deal. Because if True. it's just a one-year deal, then you're dealing with Landry on one year. And Josh Gordon, we have a couple years of him under control, but who knows if he's going to be able to play always. That's always a wild yeah. card. And then Coleman, we've just got a, we've got a few more years. So I think it's it could be interesting if we can't sign Jarvis Landry, but it goes to running back in secondary though. I mean, in the second round, I yep. wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we draft two secondary players in the second round. Um, that's assuming we don't draft Minka at number four. Correct. I think, I mean, we still, we still have huge secondary needs. Like we could, we could add two corners and a safety in the first five picks of the draft Oh yeah, and we wouldn't be duplicating. Oh yeah players at that point so to me i think one thing we didn't talk about at one and four is the option to trade back like i really think that that's a possibility especially at, from that four spot pick, with the potentially pick. or or we could take saquon and quentin nelson well now the bills the bills really need a quarterback <laughs> you don't want the running back in the guard at the top of the draft So one thing that hasn't been talked about enough <laughs> I'd be so pissed. I would just stop. No, you wouldn't. That is not going to happen. You wouldn't stop. I've I've said that multiple times before. You're (laughs) addicted. You said that you were going to stop? I think our lowest point as Browns fans was Was the the Trent Richardson trade. No, Matthew called me. No, the Trent Richardson trade, yeah. Matthew called me and said he's going to be an Indy fan. How's that? (laughs) That would have sucked for you, too. Indy hasn't done anything since then. Oh, man. Um, So here's my question. With Tyrod Taylor, now as our quarterback, how many more games do we win? If Tyrod was our quarterback last year, how many games would we have won? Six. Look, the the roster that I see the Browns having right now, to me, looks better than what the Bills had last year. And they won For nine certain. games? For certain. They, they won nine games. They got kind of lucky. But, like... This this roster, even before our draft picks and additions, is an eight but and eight think roster. About, right? Think about how many close games we had last year. Yeah. Like like the Pittsburgh game, game number one, so close. The Indy game, ridiculous. The Tennessee game went into overtime. The Jets game, we should have won. Um, like so 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 many close games that we should have won. There was one of those Baltimore games we definitely should have won. If we just don't throw as many interceptions, we, s- we still have we Hugh win Jackson those games. though. 
But but it's the interceptions are the problem because we get into the red zone, we're moving the ball, and then we throw an interception in the red zone, which is Kenny Britt's fault, not so much Deshaun Kaiser. But like, yeah, no, I feel comfortable saying last year would have been six games. Six and games, that's reasonable. Our schedule looks pretty hard actually right now. If you look at our schedule next year, but that changes. We'll see. We'll see. I I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean. And we haven't even drafted anybody, and we haven't even signed anybody in free agency. So there's a lot more to come. Yeah, and I don't see anybody in our division getting impressively better. Like with their cap situations, the Ravens have no money, the Steelers, the Steelers have are no money. They're restructure contracts just to just, fit everything in. Right. I mean, I mean I don't, Le'Veon Bell's going to retire. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, we can be better than the Bengals and the Ravens next year. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, second place in our division is not not unreasonable now that we have a a top no. 16 quarterback in the NFL. No, and I'm not saying that our record's going to be better, but like competing head-to-head with the Steelers even this year, we were pretty darn close with them. Yeah, imagine if we had a quarterback. Yeah, so anyways, optimism all around. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the pieces fall into place over the next few days. That's about it. Um, any... Last second thoughts? Nope. Excitement all around. Last second thought being that there's some rumors that there might still be some trades in the works, uh, which could be very interesting if we do sign one of those top free safeties. I, I think it's people who are full of crap who are trying to get attention. They might trying, be. trying to like jump on jump onto the gravy train, yeah. but we'll see. And we also made the comment earlier that if you're Joe Thomas – how in the world could you say no? It's the best quarterback on, you've ever played with. To, to jumping on board with this. And he's been on the record multiple times on the saying pod. how much he likes Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And so I kind of like that piece of this too. That's my favorite piece of it, talking about the just like getting Tyrod Taylor for just a third, like third round pick for one year. If it gets other free agents to buy in, if it gets Joe Thomas to come back, it's all going to be worth it. And to be honest, I think we all thought that Joe was going to tell everybody something by now. I thought we thought we would know maybe more in February than in March from some of his early comments. I think we'll know by Monday. I think this makes me wonder if. John Dorsey was like, just hold tight, wait, I've got some things in the works. Why don't you like get a better picture of what you'd be stepping into before you make a call? And I can see that definitely being I don't, I don't, I don't know why you would gonna, say that. He said Joe that Thomas, he was going to make a call before free agency started. Yeah. Just we'll we'll know by Monday. Up. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have a tendency to think that he's coming back. He's waited so long for us to be good, and these pieces are more than he's ever seen. Um. Come on well, back, Joe. Joe, we miss you. We love you. I hope you listen to our podcast because we listen to yours. Um, so, <laughs> That's how that works, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely is. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope that gave you um, a little bit of insight into what we believe um, is the key fundamentals to know about coming up. But what is the key fundamental? The key fundamental is that you shave with Barbasol because Barbasol is the best shaving Cream. 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 I keep calling it gel, and Michael's on to me so bad. It's the best shaving cream on the market. Um, Matthew, you drank any Barbasol lately? Had to lay off for for a while. Yeah. Got a little heavy. Once you start hitting the Barbasol, you can't go back. Um, So Tastes tastes a lot like a Tide Pod. (laughs) (laughs) Don't drink Barbasol and don't eat Tide Pods, everyone. Um, But do shave with Barbasol. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, As always, thank you to our Tokyo listeners. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Sin of Our Fathers. Send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. 
We appreciate all of you so much. Um, we will see you again next Monday. We're talking about Joe Thomas's return. Yeah, go Browns. Go Browns.